Hello, and welcome to another edition of the ESET Research Podcast. My name is Arya Goretsky. I'm ESET's Distinguished Researcher and the host of today's podcast. Joining us will be ESET Senior Malware Researcher Anton Cherepanov and ESET Principal Malware Researcher Robert Lepovsky as they talk about uh, the cyber aspect of the war that started a year ago when Russia invaded Ukraine. We are recording this just after its first anniversary, and for lack of a better term, um, we're calling this the Year of the Wipers. Hi, Anton. Hi, Robo. Hi, Ari. Hello. Thanks for joining us, guys. I appreciate your uh, being available on uh, such short notice to join us on what's going to be a, no doubt, very fascinating discussion. Um, what kind of predicated this was the timeline of destructive malware variants, uh, the disk wipers, that you guys had put together and published on We Live Security. Um, if I take a look at this, you know, it's Caddy Wiper, Nico Wiper, Hermetic Wiper, Isaac Wiper, Ransom, it, the list of these disk wipers, fake ransomware goes on and on. Um, you have, uh, both of you have been at the forefront of researching, reverse engineering, analyzing these. It, is there any particular one that uh, strikes you as being exceptional or unusual uh, in any way? Yeah, I think... So there are a couple of them that really stand out from the rest, but uh, Hermetic Wiper is is definitely the one we should go a little bit more in 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 depth because uh, it was interesting both from a timing perspective, in that it we detected it on February twenty third, shortly before 5 p.m. Ukrainian local time, which means that it preceded the invasion by only a couple of hours. And it was also interesting from a technical perspective because it was one of the more technically advanced wipers compared to the others. And I'll let Anton go into more details on that. Um, I'll, I think... Its discovery itself was interesting too, because I mean, obviously, everyone was following the news at the time, uh, and there were there were uh, tensions already. Uh, Russian troops uh, stationed at the border pre-invasion in the in the past uh, weeks before the actual invasion occurred. So, so obviously, we were. Uh, closely monitoring the situation for any developments in the in in cyber activity that that might be related, and eventually we actually found uh, that uh, hermetic wiper occurred. So, um, Anton, um, you you did a very thorough analysis of the analysis of these code. Um, how dangerous was it, and you know, was this? Is something that was, you know, very well prepared, apparently had a lot of uh, forethought, testing, QA put into it? Mm, yes, I think so, because mm, the Germanic Viper, it was 
most advanced wiper from all of these wipers. Um, I, I think they put a lot of effort to prepare it and this wiper uh, it was interesting because it was uh, the sample was digitally uh, signed by certificate code signing certificate uh, we didn't see anything like that after hermetic wiper also it was using interesting techniques such as um, it, it was using uh, driver from a legitimate application uh, and using this driver it was uh, uh, wiping uh, data on the disk yeah so so it's exactly as anton is saying um i mean wipers they they need they, they use specific functions or, or or each wiper has their own methods of actually carrying out the the wiping activity and hermetic wiper was using for for their low level uh, file system activity for for the wiping it wasn't implementing the code in itself but in it instead it abused a driver belonging to a disk partitioning software a legitimate disk partitioning software so so uh this was this was an an interesting uh technique Yes, that's, uh, that's, I suppose that's an interesting development if if there's a legitimate tool out there that does something that you need, um, you can use it or um, misuse or abuse it um, as part of your malware. I know it's hard to compare things because there's always a lot of questions um, when it comes to preparation for these things. But um, I know from your report that the certificate uh, for the um, uh, wiper was registered um, about a year before the attack. Is that something that um, we've seen before? Or is that new to us? Or is it just something we don't really have a lot of information on? It's hard to say. Um, we don't really know how the attackers acquired that certificate. Uh, we can only speculate. Uh, there have been news articles that reached out to uh, the company Hermetica that the uh, certificate was issued to. It, it was some designer of computer games based in Cyprus who uh, sounded surprised when they reached out to him, not having any idea what it was about. Um, so we really don't know wh uh, whether or how uh, this individual was compromised and, and whether that certificate was stolen by them. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a fairly... Uh, it's, not, it's not really an uncommon scenario. So when malware employs... Uh, code signing certificates, they, um, well, they, they really have two main means of, of, of getting them. One would be uh, compromising a legitimate company and, and stealing the certificate from them. And the other method would be uh, registering the certificate in their name, basically, without the company knowing. 
Um, so, so it's hard to say what actually happened in this case. Okay. Yeah. I, I know there's a, a lot of, um, questions and very few answers. Um, but I, I was personally curious about that. So was, was wondering, um, how that had, um, worked and what, what you had found out. Um, but that does kind of bring us, uh, to my next question, which is about, um, attribution. Um, when you started looking at this piece of malware and what it had done, how it had been uh, deployed, was there anything about it that led you to immediately suspect who might be behind it? So when we see wipers in Ukraine, uh, sometimes it's uh, not so difficult to say who might be behind it. Uh, but we need to attribute to a particular group based on uh, code similarities or infrastructure or anything like that. And at that time, we didn't find any clue. Yeah, so uh, later as we've been uh, tracking and, and seeing more and more of these uh, wipers and seeing uh, some common denominators, uh, seeing techniques that, that have been used repeatedly, uh, the way that they were deployed using Impacket, the abuse of uh, active domain group policy, and we might go more into detail about that later on. So these were the very uh, trademark sort of fingerprints of, of Sandworm, and, and then we were able to attribute a lot of these, I would say most of these attacks to Sandworm, and quite a few of them maybe not with a, with 100% uh, confidence, but but with various medium or, or to high level levels of, of confidence, depending on in which case exactly. And this also actually reminds me of the case of Indestroyer in 2016, because uh, back then, when, when that attack happened, everyone was sort of suspecting that it was Sandworm, because Sandworm struck the Ukrainian power grid the year before that in December 2015. But all those claims were sort of theories, hypotheses without actual evidence being presented. Of course, it was the most likely explanation. But I mean, uh, until you actually see concrete proof, you can't state it for a fact. And we only uh, saw those clues, we only discovered those clues a couple of years later, when we discovered Xeramel, which was basically the missing link and uh, allowed us to confidently attribute in destroyer to sandworm based on this this code similarity so here it was something similar uh, when the attack happened uh, a year ago we were we ha sort of had our suspicions but we didn't yet have the the proof and and all the clues to actually link it to sandworm but now we're fairly confident that that it was carried out by sandworm so anton i understand that actually finding a hermetic wiper and, and hermetic ransom, hermetic wizard, um, all of these um, fell, fell to you. Could you tell us a little bit about that discovery? Yes. So it was 23rd of February. Uh, it was almost evening. I got a message from Ukrainian distributor of ESET, and they say uh, that there is a ongoing attack uh, but they didn't provide any technical information uh, I started to look 
for anything suspicious in our telemetry and I located the sample fairly quickly because usually it's um, easy to find such stuff because it's uh, kind of loud malware it produces some effects on your computer so you can see immediately uh, that it's it is wiping files and then uh, we started to collaborate on this discovery we shared it uh, with our industry partners and then we decided to publish this information in our twitter account yeah because um as as i said earlier the situation the, the geopolitical situation the 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 tensions at the time were so high that we felt that this was this was important so it should also be shared with uh with the public and also also the community uh, more widely than than usual uh we continued the analysis i know know that i went to bed quite late but you went to bed a lot later than that and then then uh, our colleagues in montreal continued with the analysis so we were asleep and then of course uh we woke up to the events of the morning of the february 24th so so yeah it was it was pretty pretty dramatic at the time yeah so you had actually looking at the malware as it was being used uh to perform the attack um that's got to be a very unusual kind of situation i can't imagine that happens too often maybe you get it before it's used if someone you know accidentally uploads a copy to virus total or gets caught in our uh, telemetry but i would think to catch an attack like that as it's actually occurring is pretty rare um i don't know i i would say it happens it's not that uh uncommon and of course we have to differentiate between two two things so the first thing is detection and in the majority of cases we uh detect the attacks uh fairly early and 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 as they happen and and we block the threat and we um protect our users but then the in-depth analysis that's that's another thing and of course uh we don't have the capacity and it's also not not even interesting uh to analyze in depth every single attack so we we only uh analyze deeply the attacks which are interesting for for some reason they are apt attacks they are uh using updated arsenal of some uh apt group that we're tracking for example so so we go a lot more into detail so uh what i'm trying to say with that is is that it's fairly common to have have a delay uh, of some sort between when the when the attack started and we detected it until until a uh, in-depth analysis uh takes place well in this case uh that delay was 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 a lot shorter and we were right on right on it right and i i would imagine though um i should have been a little bit more specific it's not that often that you see malware being used in attack along with a country being attacked yeah of course so um one thing um that we 
observed actually uh, from from reading your re- research was um, with In Destroyer 2, we saw a couple of things repeatedly showing up uh, and throughout this, the, the Caddy Wiper and Argue Patch. Um, any reason why? So they, at San Juan, they were using this technique for years. Uh, even f- with first industrial, they were using this technique when they take a clean executable and then insert a malicious code there. And then it's a bit harder to recognize if the executable is uh, malicious or not. And they reused this technique uh, last year. So they uh, collected uh, some executables. For example, they used uh, executable from Ida Pro, uh, disassembler. Uh, then they use uh, executable from uh, ESET actually, and they what they did they inserted their uh, malicious code that uh, loads uh, additional code from an uh, external file. So this way it's a bit uh, harder to detect it, but it's still possible. So that's what was the main reason why they use combo. Uh, Argo patch and KD Viper, but then it's uh, uh, a bit harder for attackers to deploy this wiper because it's uh, multiple files, not just one. And then they just uh, uh, stop using it. They started to use uh, KD Viper only because maybe for them it was more convenient to deploy. Yeah, and the fact when they uh abused Ida Pro first, so that was with the Industry 2 incident, right? Yeah. And then later uh, our own ESET binary. Um, you can you can speculate like what the what, what purpose that serves. And I think malware authors or operators, they it's it's fairly common oh sorry, it's it's not common but but it's it's we sometimes see that they like to leave messages of various kinds in 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 their malware uh sometimes those messages are funny other times they are uh vulgar they're they're quite often annoyed because we are um preventing them from accomplishing their goals so so it's always um always a good thing when we when we find that they are frustrated about that um in this in this latest in in this case um yeah i mean you you can probably consider it as trolling i mean they obviously know that we are we are detecting their uh their 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 tool sets um and also that that was fairly apparent when when they abused the ESET binary but even in the case of uh, the IDA debugger uh, being uh, being 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 abused or at the time uh, that was that was interesting because I mean typically when when malware masquerades as a le- legitimate application it's for that exactly as I said for masquerading but in the Industrial Two incident that was not the case because IDA Pro is not used at an an electrical distribution substation 
uh, that's it's a tool that we reverse engineers use to analyze their malware. So this apparently was a message of some sort in trolling. So yeah, it's always interesting to find things like that in, in code. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about wipers and um, just uh, to give some, some context to, to what we've seen. Um, prior uh, to this war, um, the number of wipers uh, were just a handful. Um, I certainly remember destructive malware from the DOS days. Um, that was pretty common, but um, as malware authors realized they could make money off of computers by other means, um, they'd like to keep their hosts alive, you know, for whatever purposes, stealing information, running services on top of them. So I, wipers destroying your host um, computer uh, became a very, very rare event. Um, the only thing that really uh, pops into mind before this uh, was the Shamoon malware um, uh, attacking uh, an oil producer in uh, the Middle East. So um, it's been several years um, since that occurred. And then all of a sudden, 2022 pops up, uh, Russia invades Ukraine. And I believe it's been um, something like around 20 different wipers that have been observed. Is that correct? Yeah, if you if you count all of those that we discovered, the unique families, uh, you reach, I think, a number which is close to 20. Um, as we already discussed, in some cases, the a wiper would be used on a single occasion and then never reused again, while while other times uh, a malware would be used across multiple campaigns. So that was the case of Caddy Wiper, which was the most frequently used uh, wiper that we've seen over the last 12 months. Um, I would just add that we have seen quite a lot quite a lot of wipers being used by Sandworm even even before the invasion. Uh, basically, in the last eight or nine years since they ramped up their activity after 2014. So when the the war, maybe not the full war, but, but the war basically started in the east of Ukraine and with the annexation of Crimea. So that's what, when we really saw this increase of activity of Sandworm. A lot of that activity was covert, so for cyber espionage. But also a lot of that activity was... was uh, very very loud and and it was disruptive it was uh using wipers of various kinds uh just to give a couple of examples uh with black energy so black energy was a modular it also had disruptive destroyer uh plugins which acted as wipers uh there was kill disk which was a fairly common uh, wiper used across various uh, sandworm campaigns. Uh, one of the subgroups uh, of sandworm that we were tracking uh, was Telebots, which was uh, well known for deploying disruptive wiper activity, uh, most infamously NotPetya, uh, but also, also numerous others 
uh, that uh, some of them have been publicized, but of course, none of them made headlines as big as NotPetya did. Um, so so there, was, there was quite a lot of this, but the difference is that all of this activity was spread out over, the, over those eight or nine years. Um, now, in the last year, so that's, that's what I would say really changed. Um, it was not so much in the in the character of the attacks or or, or the TTPs or I mean the from this point of view the situation basically was a continuation of what we've seen before, but it was a lot more dense. So 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 the number of wipers to be deployed in only the course of one year that is what was unprecedented and that's 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 the, the main thing so um, yeah we have seen wipers and quite a few of them uh before that but it really intensified in the last 12 months and um all of those were um well with the exception of not pet yet were, were fairly targeted um not pet yes certainly um made waves uh, around the world when it um, appeared because it was wormable and it, it spread um, well beyond Ukraine's borders. Um, have some of these other um, uh, wipers that you've seen spread as worms, do they use uh, a zero-day exploit like Eternal Blue to propagate? What's the story there? Um. Actually, we didn't see any zero day last 12 months or anything like technically advanced. They are reusing the same technique. So they compromise domain controller and then they push Viper at the compromised network via group policy of Active Directory. So, um, I guess if if the tricks work, they don't have to uh, make that much changes to them. One of the um, things, um, you know, obviously, is all all of these um, pieces of malware have been um, fairly uh, window centric, um, with of course some exceptions for things like uh, PLC controllers. But you know, I'm wondering. Um, have any other operating systems been targeted um, besides Windows by these wipers? Uh, yes, we have seen, um, we, we see wipers for uh, Linux. Also, we, we saw wiper for Solaris. And recently, Ukrainian CERT pu published article about uh, uh, attack in Ukraine uh, conducted by Sandworm. And... In this attack, they used Viper for FreeBSD operating system. It, it's very uncommon to see something like that. Yeah, I don't recall any other previous attack, any other attacks against FreeSB, at least not from the top of my head. So, so yeah, this this really just shows the mm, the wide focus that 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 Sandworm has. And we've also seen that in in the past, right? It, with some of the Telebots campaigns, I remember that they were also targeting Linux. Uh, and and that that was what that was uh, fall ransomware 
that was before Nopetia, right? So there, I think there was a Linux, uh, Linux fake ransomware. It it had all the all the characteristics. Displayed a ransom message uh, just after the machine would boot up. I requested a ransom, but wasn't in it for making money. Yeah, I'm 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 still um, just shaking my head that someone would make uh, malware for Solaris, um, but. I guess if um, you're targeting someone and that's what they're using on their computers, that's what you research and uh, craft your code to detect. Now, one of the things that I heard occurring um, at about the same time of the invasion was that um, satellite terminals um, across Ukraine and extending over into other countries uh, stopped working. Um, perhaps the uh, victim of malware. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, what the attack was? Yes, so that was the, the attack uh, that leveraged the acid rain uh, wiper exactly against uh, Viasat, KSAT uh, satellite modems. Um, I would say this was one of the most significant incidents, cyber incidents, uh, during the war. So acid rain was actually uncovered and, and took place uh, on the day of the invasion. So the day after the first occurrence of Hermetic Wiper, I should add that um, Hermetic Wiper was then seen in uh, other attacks later on. Uh, so acid rain, February 24th, uh, it was successful to an extent that it uh, took some of those satellite modems offline, basically bricked them or, or uh, meant that they would have corrupted their firmware, meant that they would have to be uh, reflashed or, or uh, restored from, from backups. Um, this was also one of the examples that, that, that had an effect outside of Ukraine as well, because uh, solar turbines in Germany were also affected by this. Um, so yeah, this was definitely one of the most severe incidents uh, that, that we have seen. And another one, of course, were the, the events of uh, April 8th, which was the Indestroyer 2 attack. Um, I mean, that, of course, uh, would be a whole topic in and of itself. So just, just to... Uh, stick to the to the topic of wipers. Not only was that attack um, an attack against the power grid and 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 deploying this this new version of of uh, this powerful cyber weapon that is that is in Destroyer, but it was also leveraging multiple wipers in that same campaign. Uh, that there was Caddy Wiper for Windows, and then there were also those other wipers that we already discussed for those other operating systems, including the Solaris one, that actually uh, was uh, used in the Industroyer 2 attack. Um, it seems that some of these attacks have been very precisely targeted and coordinated, um, like the Indestroyer series, uh, Black Energy, uh, Telebots. But um, other times, 
they seem to spread f far beyond their intended geography. Um, like uh, Acid Rain there did, and not Petya did. With Wipers, is that something that is more common, le less common? Um, are there any sectors that are being specifically targeted by these? Um, so one thing, one thing is the wiper about, of course, during the attack, uh, we have to observe the whole chain and the way that the wiper is deployed. So we discussed argue patch, uh, the loader, for example, and in only one case, did we observe that, uh, a modern wiper, let's call it that way, uh, had spreading capabilities. So that was um, the incident where Hermetic Wiper was deployed. In that incident, there was also Hermetic Wizard, which was uh, essentially a worm designed to spread it across the network, uh, across SMB and, and one other protocol. Um, but, and, and what's interesting back then is uh, with, with Hermetic uh wizard is that it named its dlls uh romance one of its dlls i think it was the smb one uh it was called romance dll uh as anton mentioned no zero days were uh were used then but it looked like a reference to eternal romance so 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 uh so very 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 interesting uh Kind of a another let's call it an Easter egg uh, there, um, but yeah, for for all of the others, they were deployed manually, so which sort of limits distrib unintended distribution outside of the networks uh, or, or outside of the intended uh, targets, as happened with NotPetya. I mean, back then, of course, the the spreading of NotPetya was. Uh, deliberate across Ukraine, but outside of the borders, that was probably unintentional. Um, but yeah, we haven't seen uh, any such examples in the last 12 months. Uh, and the only only spreading capability was with uh, Hermetic Wizard. Of course, that is not to say that there haven't been attacks outside of Ukraine recently. There have been. Um, and taking into consideration what I just said, that that there wasn't this automatic and unintentional spreading capability, it, it, it suggests that all those attacks were very deliberate. Um, and I'm specifically referring to attacks that uh, targeted um, targets in, in Poland, for example. Uh, that's the example of Prestige, the Prestige ransomware. Uh, Poland is a fairly common target of sandworm uh, outside of Ukraine. Now, uh, Prestige appeared to be a ransomware attack. Was it one or was it a mask for uh, something else? I, I think when they deploy uh, Vipers outside of Ukraine, they make them look like a ransomware uh, and this was exact scenario they deployed 
malware that looks like ransomware it encrypts files but actually they don't uh, ask or they don't they demand a ransom they they demand ransom but they actually don't expect someone uh, paying it yeah yeah that that's interesting because uh I, gu- I guess it could serve some kind of weird purpose of of deniability which makes more sense outside of ukraine than than within within ukraine as well even though um in some cases we also see this far ransomware within ukraine as as well and i mean it's, it's kind of strange and and hard to explain what exactly the purpose of that is um yeah of course with uh with the attacks in poland for example it it, it makes more sense well i i know that with um ransomware attacks which uh, we've been dealing with for years um not everyone of those um gets announced um companies often uh do not make any statements available about what happened um you know especially um if they're not required to um due to regulatory compliance issues um, I'm wondering, does the same thing happen with wiper attacks, um, where we just don't hear information about them happening, but um, or maybe just anecdotally? Oh yeah, for sure we have seen more than has been made public. Uh, we we make publications when there's when there's a reason to do them, uh, when it can help. Uh, the community help help others look for things in their in their environments when it's something of high significance, like the case of uh, Hermetic Wiper that that we already discussed. Um, and of course, s- sometimes we are bound by by TLPs not to publish things. Uh, and some, of course, we have a lot more information in our in our private reports uh than than what we can uh, make available publicly to everyone and typically it's also uh oftentimes the decision of uh the actual victim uh when when it's a client we wouldn't just go and disclose that that they have been uh, a target or 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 suffered some time of cyber attack it's usually up to them whether they want to disclose that or not um so that's why that's basically the reasoning why there's a lot more happening than than what's been made public Hmm. i see i see um one thing that always strikes me uh, when, when talking about this type of malware is it it seems like it's it's a very brute force approach um, to attacking someone's computers you wipe you know the, the files or you know overwrite the entire disk you know zero it out whatever uh, overwrite it with random bytes um, is it an effective strategy um, 
for the attackers. I mean, it it just seems like such a blunt approach after you spent so much time um, getting into the network, um, moving laterally, um, you know, increasing your your privileges until you you actually have um, you know a high level admin uh, domain admin account. Um, so I, I guess my question is is are they really that destructive? What are they? What exactly are they doing when they're wiping? It is a very blunt approach, exactly as you're saying. And once a wiper is deployed, the um, the attacker reveals their cars. They they make the, their their presence known. Uh, so it really has to be. It really depends on what their goals are. And when I make the comparison of the attacks in the past, for example, with, with, with NotPetya, and back then as Anton discovered the way that it was actually deploying and that, that it stemmed from uh, the supply chain compromise of, uh, of, of ME Doc. So it was actually a, a, one of the Telebot's uh, backdoors that got spread to virtually, I would say, the majority of, of businesses all around the country. And that backdoor uh, was, was, was um, deployed through multiple versions of, of the updates of the MEDOC software. And that backdoor uh, was very capable of doing cyber espionage for covertly spying on, on, on the targets of, of interest and then only at one point in time did the attackers discuss, uh, did the attackers say that okay so let's make our presence known and and let's deploy the malware and let's let's move over to the sabotage phase from the from the the espionage phase um so that's these are two very different motivations two very different goals the covert cyber espionage and the very overt uh, cyber sabotage. Uh, they, in they they are not. They they have been used together. So 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 uh, deployment of a wiper, the, the cyber sabotage uh, phase can follow uh, various length of time uh, of of the attacker being being spying on and stealing sensitive information uh, back then uh, from from the. From the targeted company or organization, um, but what we already discussed, what we've seen in the last twelve months, that that period of, of of the covert presence appeared to be shortening, and it was a lot more brute attacks, um, and and basically just tr try to cause as much disruption as possible. These cyber attacks, the uh, disk wipers, um, fake ransomware, um, and other attacks um, have been from some fairly high-profile APT groups, uh, Sandworm, which we've mentioned. Um, they're not the only group that's involved. Um, what other 
groups have you seen uh, involved in these attacks on uh, Ukraine and uh, nearby countries? Um, are they all from the same, uh, originating from the same country? So Sandworm was by far the most uh, visible group or the one that's been causing the most impact, but it was not the group that was the most active. That um, quote-unquote prize would have to go to Gamaradon, um, which is another uh, group that's been attributed to Russia, um, where, but, where, but a different agency, so where Sandworm has been attributed to the GRU, uh, Gamma Redon has been attributed to the FSB, but Gamma Redon really, we have been seeing so many Gamma Redon campaigns against Ukrainian organizations. It's just really, really a rapid fire sort of um, approach, trying to trying to and and they and they they really. Uh, continuously modify their their tool set in order to try to evade detection uh so playing this cat and mouse uh game and 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 they 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 are very active even even much more than than sandworm even though sandworm is is the most uh widely debated one um of course there are apt attacks by APT groups from from other nation states as well that that we are seeing. But when we're talking about disruptive wiper attacks, then 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 most of those uh, are are sandworms. So so a lot of the the gamma radon activities, I would say they they are more more uh, in the game of uh, getting getting access and and maybe uh, stealing um, information from from those. Uh, so, so for the purposes of today's topic, uh, which is wipers, then definitely the prime goes to sandworm. Well, that's that's kind of a, a dubious award, I guess, but um, it is what it is. So you've mentioned, you've brought up that the um, time that the attackers spend on the network seems to be decreasing, that the number of the attacks themselves seem to be increasing. Um, does that mean that they're more successful, less successful? Are more of them being blocked? Uh, it's really hard to give a blank statement and and evaluate it that way. Uh, there's been a lot of debate in the community that the cyber war sort of isn't what had been, what was expected. And I don't really, I'm, I'm not really a fan of those statements because I mean, what, what did people expect? Um, a matter of fact is that the cyber attacks have caused real damage, real disruption. There, 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 there was a lot, a lot of them. Um, uh, the Ukrainian CERT, they, they, they also have published a lot of statistics and the number of attacks, which also include DDoS attacks. So not only wiper attacks, but, but the sheer volume has been enormous. Um, so the threats are real, and, and in my opinion, they, they should not be underestimated. On the other hand, of course, uh, yes, 
both both ESET and and the other cybersecurity companies in the industry, they are doing their best to uh, to block those attacks, to minimize the, the the damage and the impact that thing can have. And uh, in many cases, we are successful, and and the attackers are unsuccessful. A uh, very good example of that is what I what we mentioned a couple of times today already is Industrial Two, which had these these huge ambitions uh, to to create uh, a blackout using cyber means, and they were not not successful in their goals, which was the direct result of of really good cooperation uh, and and prompt detection. Um, and there were many cases like that, so so it's fair to say that the damages could have been a lot worse. Um, that the that the attackers were not successful as that they would have hoped to be, but on the other hand, saying that um, the cyber attacks would be negligible, that would also not be not be right. So so they have also been causing significant impact, and and we need to stay stay vigilant. I see. Well, well, thank you for that. Um, wipers seem to have become another tool of war but um and used for those kinds of attacks but um in cyberspace what's a target and and what's in the battlefield and out of the battlefield um becomes a lot more difficult to understand and i'm i'm sure some of our listeners are wondering could their computers, could their networks um, be exposed to these kinds of attacks? And if so, what should they be doing to reduce the chance of an attack uh, on their own computers, their own networks? I would say the likelihood of uh, your computer being targeted by such an attack depends on who you are, because we're, we're mostly talking about very targeted attacks um but also there 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 were examples in the past where things got out of hand and and uh, even affected uh victims or users that were not the intended targets so the obvious obvious advice there is to make sure your your machines are are patched and and not vulnerable to uh the some of the spreading mechanisms uh, that that they are they are using. At the same time, the primary initial access vector that the APT groups are still relying on is, for example, spear phishing emails, and and trying to exploit the human vulnerabilities, trying to trick them into opening attachments using social engineering rather than 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 exploiting actual technical vulnerabilities. So that is also something that people and listeners should harden themselves to. Uh, And I would say just by listening to this podcast, they already are because they, they are their awareness, their cybersecurity awareness um, is, is, is already higher. So just being, by being interested in these topics, by following uh, the advice that, that we publish is, is a step in the right direction. Well, um, uh, thank you for that advice, Robo. Um, Anton Robo, um, before we uh, close our podcast, any parting thoughts that you'd care to share? Uh, 
Um, yeah, the situation has been very interesting. I would say it has been a very busy 12 months. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the end is nowhere in sight. So, of course, it's impossible to, pre to predict the nature of what types of attacks we will continue seeing whether there will be more activity, whether there will be less activity, what whether it will um, change in terms of how technically advanced it is in terms of sophistication. That's another thing that that when we look back at the past 12 months, the the technical quality of all those wipers varied quite a lot. Um, so it's it's very difficult to observe any trends in 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 that regard because hermetic wiper as as anto mentioned was probably the most technically advanced wiper it was also i think most successful one but then then there were some other wipers which uh were uh very simple uh and some even appear to be very poorly implemented with with programming errors so so how can you make um how can you draw any any trends from that i mean it's you can't say that the sophistication is increasing or decreasing because they're just trying out various approaches experimenting with 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 different things um but i guess one thing that we can be certain of is that we will see more attempts more cyber attacks to come uh, and we will continue to be monitoring the situation and, and uh, blocking them, blocking them, uh, securing our users, uh, compiling the threat intelligence information about these threats, and of course, also also making some of our find findings public. Well, gentlemen, uh, thank thank you to both of you. Um, for taking the time today to join us and, and share your unique insights with us. Um, it's been a pleasure and also a little scary um, hearing about this uh, firsthand uh, from both of you about what's going on. Um, I'd like to thank both of you, um, as well as your fellow researchers, um, uh, for continuing this effort to uh, analyze uh, these threats as they appear and uh, protecting uh, all the computers out there. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Nice talking to you, Ari. Thank you, Anton. This has been an episode of the ESET Research Podcast. For more information about this research, Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Mastodon at ESET Research. You can also read the latest blogs, white papers, uh, and occasional tweets on welivesecurity.com and ESET Research on Twitter. Uh, today, our guests were ESET's researchers Anton and Robert from our Slovakian Global Headquarters, and it was produced by our Security Awareness Specialist, Andrei Kovovich, and our Production Intern, Renee Holt. I'm Ari Goretsky, ESET's Distinguished Researcher, and until the next time, stay safe out there.